Hello and thank you for joining me on the Conscious Diva podcast. I am Tatiana Wright and today I have the pleasure of sharing a special interview with supermodel Rachel Hunter, originally recorded and filmed with video in India for Yoke Magazine Australia. Yoke is an indie print magazine merging art and ancient wisdom with creativity and wellness. And you can check them out at yokemagazine.com. That's Y-O-K-E magazine.com. In this interview, Rachel shares what she loves about India, teaching yoga, the role beauty has played in her life and the transformational process of her own yoga journey. Please note, this recording was captured on the banks of Mark Ganga in the foothills of Rishikesh, India. So you will hear a slight shh in the background. It is not white noise, it's the river. Please enjoy this special interview. And welcome to this very special Yoga Magazine conversation today with my friend Rachel Hunter. I'm contributing editor Tatiana Wright and we are talking about beauty, grace, yoga and Mother India. Welcome. Rachel! <laughs> it was something completely unexpected. I was actually a ballerina, like I studied ballet and I was also an athlete in school and I was very quiet, very much an introvert and um, I didn't really, I wasn't into makeup, I wasn't into hair, I wasn't into any of that stuff whatsoever. In fact, a complete dislike to any of it. So when I got found on the beach when I was 16 and I was running, because uh, I would run 10 miles a day, and this guy came up and I was like, well, that's kind of a creepy thing to say to someone. Like, you should model, right? And Hi, I just been yeah, you I was out like, from across the beach. Yeah, that was weird. And so I was like, oh, what? yeah, no worries, that's fine. And then, for, look, for whatever reason, it all just started unfolding, and it unfolded fast. Um, and the next thing I knew, there were people coming down from New York and Paris and all over the place. So it was something that I had no control over. And the next thing I was doing Vogue in Australia and all these different campaigns and stuff. So it wasn't something that I pursued at all. But it took me to New York at 17 years old where I, I modeled and I got off the plane and thought I was going to... Uh, go on go-sees I guess that's what they called them back then and I got off and I was working with Elle magazine I mean literally was handed it like literally was like a silver platter in some ways yeah which is amazing right because it's like when the universe when things align in your life whatever it is you, you, it just steamrolls yeah, right and, you, it, and it can just be dished up and it's incredible yeah so that's it, and, it, and it was interesting because now when I go back and I look at some of the I mean especially having studied some of the things that I've studied here, especially with the Jyotish and stuff, that, that you start seeing what unfolds and why it unfolds. It becomes really um, obvious Clear, that, yeah. that, that you have to trust with the, the way life processes and flows. Yeah, for sure. And as much as it was hard, because I mean, there was, there was hard times when I was, you know, when you, like everybody has those moments that are hard, but then along comes something that becomes such a gift. And, Anyway, that was that was really unexpected, and it, isn't that the truth though? When s things come along, it's usually when you don't. It's amazing because with you, you know, and I'm guessing that that's how the the idea of True Beauty came about because you had this yeah. whole um, immersive experience from such a young age with one aspect of beauty, yeah. and then as a an older person, you know, as a woman, yeah. not a not a teenager, not a child, you're like looking at, at beauty in a new way, right? Well, no, it it. 
interestingly enough, became a completely different because I grew up in a very spiritual household. My mother was very much a psychic. We grew up in a very esoteric um, family. Uh, she was very much uh, into readings and clairvoyance, um, tarot cards, nature, pagan, like you name it, we kind of did it as well as we became Mormons. Well, no, we didn't become Mormons. We looked into becoming Mormons. And then Presbyterian, then born again, Christians, like you, you know, and Buddhism. So there was, there was a lot of spiritual exploration. Yeah. So the spiritual connection became very, first of all, like, you know, we'll get into that later, but I don't think there's anything separate about that. It was something that was very much a, a force in my life, yeah. very, very, very young. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is a force in everybody's life. It's not just, yeah. you know, well, we somebody that too, yeah I think, you know we're all born as yeah. amazing spiritual beings so yeah we, exactly we, through whatever conditioning and situation you're born into we lose we lose that yeah and so the well, the part that came around with that after going through the you know I had you know an amazing marriage I had some you know my children and Renee and Liam and then basically again another part of my life fell through I I got into a relationship that was I ended up no longer been in. I had back surgery. I had some really bad health problems, which were really intense. Um, so at that time, and my career wasn't going great. You know, I mean, you're looking at 20 by that stage, 20 years in the business, and everything was just bottom, bottoming out, falling away. And I was someone who is that type of person who, you know, it's like a horse with a broken leg; it'll keep running. You know, it was that type of that type of person so I really had to stop and and when I stopped I was like you know I need to go back where it started for me I need to go back home and so I flew back home I ended up doing New Zealand's Got Talent the producers from there said you know what you've we've got to create another show and I said well I want something spiritual as well as and she goes well we've got to put the beauty in it as well so therefore Bettina who was the producers for um, for New Zealand's Got Talent, we created Tour of Beauty, and and away we went around the world, and we we uncovered so many different aspects, and really brought people into not the superstars of the world that are, you know, that everybody kind of associates with, like this person, the, the superstar surgeon, or the superstar this, yeah. or the superstar or the that. Famous makeup artist. Yeah, it, it yeah. was not about that. It was about the, the people that come from these lineages mm. of, you know, healing and, and knowledge from the earth. And then we would we would go to some of the scientists. I mean, in in LA, we went to the a doctor who's been studying um, fasting for 20 years at USC, and he's got incredible studies with the uh, fasting mimicking diet so we really got to see a lot of the diversity of what beauty is and of course after you start looking at it and after you start processing that you start just revealing everything is obviously inner and our biggest organ is our skin mm -hmm. and that we don't even think of no. You know, no, I know. We we don't really realize that the biggest organ is is the skin we walk around in, and how much that needs to be honored and give a lot of reverence to, and the fact that what we put into it, you know, all those sayings that we hear all the time. So, it it just it it was so, a beautiful entry point for a lot of pe like people. Well, during during the filming, was it 
Had you been to India before? Did you start you film photography? No, India became somewhere where I, I remember, I'll never forget I was in Fiji and I was like, we have to go to India. And I was like, we need a guru too. And so I said to my sister, she'd been following Sadhguru at the time, and she goes, and then she accuses me now of saying, you stole my guru. <laughs> anyway, we, we went south. We went and looked at the Ayurvedic. We interviewed Sadhguru and, and my love for India, the very first place that I actually came to in India was Varanasi. Wow. And the very first person who I turned TV on was, you know, Sadhguru talking about Kashi. And oh. yeah, so. Before you even went down to see him? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know. So there you go, there's another meant to be, right? Yeah, yeah. It just keeps but going. But how interesting that Varanasi was the first place because, mm. you know, from a visceral perspective, it's multi-sensual. Yeah. You know, there's so much going on. There's beauty, there's, you know, a certain smell. Yeah. There's colour, is vibrant. There's all sorts of stuff. There's poverty, there's wealth, all kinds of things. So how was that when, when, when you landed there? How did that impact you? Because you literally, you know, you're there, I know for myself, but for you, how did, how did that make you feel and go wow you now have an amazing relationship with this country the first when i first arrived i never forget when i got off the plane the smell here hit me and i literally remember wanting to almost like drop to my knees and start crying because then in front of me was all the yoga postures when the gate that i arrived to there was like this these yoga postures uh, and this I was at the airport and I was like where am I you know and and then I got off out of the gate and it was just intoxicating because basically when I walked out into the street it was the first time that I felt like me because everything was completely stripped there was no it was a renouncing of yourself the renouncing of anything that anybody has any association with you. Because you almost, as you come into that airport, you are almost birthed because nobody knows, nobody, if there's this beautiful moment of transformation and I don't even think I realized that moment existed until I spent more and more time here that were you practicing yoga back in LA yeah. where you were living at that time? Yeah. Okay. So I'd been doing yoga about 13 years by that point and I just, my meditation practice was basically in my asana practice, which is what I thought yoga was. In fact, I'd get really triggered when people would be like sitting there like this and I'd be like, they don't even know what that means. I bet they don't even know what that means. Like who, I'm so busy like caring about why that person is like posing because I thought they're posing in that, you know, and really, obviously someone who knew what that was, they were in that position for a reason. It's a very important position yeah, to be in. Yeah. But I was getting all sticky, was like, do they know? And, and the, honestly, when you, I, I later realized that when you do get triggered in that way of being angry or, or accusing is because you want to know. So you that, want that information. I, that's how I see it. When you so at that moment, I guess you didn't really, you didn't have the insight at that time to know you were going to come back and, and have this journey, right? So when you reflect back on that, I know a lot, a lot's happened in that time, and that's like how many years now. But yeah. um, and then what? So what was that point when you went back to LA and you started going back to the yoga studio? Did you think because something inside of us stirs from that practice? 
Yeah. We go in, most of us in the West are introduced to yoga either by going to a gym, right? Or a friend goes, come to do yoga or something else as simple as, wow, I really feel like I'm going to try something different, right? And you go and you do the yoga and you practice and you're holding that pose and you can feel the energy in your body moving around. And it doesn't happen immediately because some people, whatever's going on in your life, depends where you're at, where that energy is resonating, right? And how it's moving through you. So I guess what I want, to, what I want, to, want you to share is that moment after, whether it was around your mother's passing, that you went, wow, I need to investigate what's happening inside of me. What is this that's moving and, and come back here and really get into the, you know, this whole expression of yoga, which is life-changing. When I arrived in Varanasi, and it was where, obviously it's a city where liberation, salvation, and we got to meet some of the people that moved there to to eventually pass because that's where liberation Varanasi, right? Yeah, so yeah, they burn all the bodies as well there as well. Yeah, and it's probably where a lot of my heart is because I love that city. I love that city. It's a very intense city, but to me there's just so much um, um, burning and heat and transformation there yeah. um, because of the heat and the fire. Uh, Have you done the oven there? <laughs> I wouldn't well, do that. What that is and I wouldn't. Have because you know that, that needs setting up what a haven is and how I and I really want to get into the ritual aspect. But yeah. come back to your so, your journey of yoga. How did this unfold? Well, because basically we were there May 20, 21st, um, two years before my mum's passing, and my mother passed two years after I had come to the city of Varanasi um, to the day that I was in Varanasi, which is the irony of it. Every time I wanted to come back to India, there were things that came up. One being that I nursed my mum with my sister through her passing. So her cancer came, came so I nursed her, we nursed her through that. I knew at that moment when she passed that I had to, on a cellular level, literally like a rag, squeeze any of the, consistently squeezing the grief, not attaching to the grief, always honoring my mother, but not getting the, that wrung out. And the only place I knew that it was possible to do that was in India. And I thought coming back here um, that the asanas were, <laughs> were what wrung it out. Little oh. did I know there's a lot of limbs of yoga. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we were talking about this um, right after her and, passing and you were yeah. asking about coming here and um, but I'm glad you you know it's amazing because there's so it's such an incredible experience of reconnecting us yeah with ourselves it, it is and and I think that to to stay in grief becomes really hard because it's you feel like you should be in grief because you miss and you love that person so much. But the part is, is that I want to move that through my body and always honor her in a really positive way. And yoga was the only way I knew that could move that because of what I had experienced just in the asana practice. And the asana practice, I believe, especially in the West, because of our nervous systems as such, is a beautiful entry point because of the movement, because of the reconnection to the breath because of the slow movement depending on what practice you do yeah. but it's a beautiful entry point so it's 
and that's what happened. It's beautiful because I think we have to leave our comfort zones of the West yeah. and experience other things. And there's, you know, there's many methods. Yeah. I think we're only familiar with, you know, Kundalini has taught by Yogi Bhajan, but really here in the Himalayas, is, many. there's so many more expressions yeah. as you know. Yeah. What's your, um, what has been your favorite in this practice, I guess, because it's many. Well, yeah, I came, I came here to Satvaran and and was came to do the 200 hour to understand what the asana was and little did I know that we then started doing these things called kriya <laughs> and pranayama and mudras and you know just the full conversation like the full you know there was times when I was definitely um not so sure as like oh my god where you know there's an instability but then at the time that's that's where growth is and 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 moving through those those kriyas uh which are action uh with the body like you know being able to move the navel so there's many different ways of the the kundalini as such um to move that energy and really activate that life force that's within us so you're really looking at the aspects of the pranayama you know, the meditation, full value. It's like only using your right hand for the rest of your life. Yeah. You need to have access to your full body, your full being. And I think that's what the practice here allows you to do. And you can play with that and you're going to be drawn to certain things, you know, and then, then in your practice, you start going, well, why am I drawn to that? And I want to sit and do that all day. And then I realized I need to go back to a strong Hatha practice because, you know, you need a strong body. So it's beautiful that all the aspects are encouraged and taught. Um, it gives you the availability to really look at the, the full uh, body of, of yoga. And there's so much more, though, than, than just those because you then learned how you became an initiate in, in ceremonial aspects of yoga, yeah. the rituals, right? Yeah. And that's really cool. Well, I became and, a temple rat. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. And then also Joy Tish, so you've done, and, and which is you know, Vedic astrology. But, and now these are practices that take a very long time. So this is not like a, hey, I'm just now I can go and I'm this. These are lifelong studies. I mean, yoga yeah. is really a lifelong study. Yeah. When did you decide you wanted to teach yoga? I don't. I think it just hap, like fell and happened. I never wanted to to teach yoga, and I I think um, like the whole idea of the ritual. You know, when I was growing up, I had my mum who was very much. I went and learnt pagan with Laurie Cabot, like in in who's a, a witch in Salem, Massachusetts. So I was always really loved the esoteric, and let's not f like forget that with the Vedas, the the nature, the the fire, the earth, the air, the water, the space, all those are very um, natural things that we can associate with. So those, the elements became a really grounding uh, Well, Tantra has source. a lot of um, feminine aspects to it. Yeah. And really worships the divine feminine with the goddesses and the mm. goddess temples. And I mean, like, look, look at where we are. I mean, this is fertile. We are sitting in the seat of fertility right now. Yeah. And, and I think when you when you start working in those qualities and you start looking at those qualities, those qualities are also within, right? So there's the earth, the matter. So we, we know what the, the elements are. And I think when you work with those, you can really learn so much about yourself because there's so much subtlety in just watching a river, watching. And I know some people sit there and go, oh, it's okay for you. You can go sit in the bottom of the Himalayas and like, you know, look at the water and look at the sky. But 
you know, that, that kind of evolution of like consistently moving on a human side and the spiritual side, there's no separate. They both are together and they both need to merge and, and grow. And if you just take 10 minutes a day to acknowledge those huge steps in your own being, I think, when you acknowledge that that is, is within is without. Yeah. yeah. So where do you think yoga in the 21st century is going then, both India and in the West? Because we're so much that we, I mean, you know, in the short time you've been transforming yourself. Mm. Oh, it's well, huge, Refinding yeah. yourself, really. Yeah. Where, where do you think? What do you tell people when you go, when you go to New Zealand to teach? I, you know, and there's that, that, that stillness of really, you know, the meditation practice as far as just sitting still as an entry point really taking time if you're going to go in as an entry point to the asana taking that time being being slow with your breath you know and really figuring out what you are drawn to what you like i think there's so many aspects out there for us to to go to now and we're, we're lucky and again like being rigid is is unfortunate you know we want to really be open and and expressive and you know, even talking about like Kundalini energy again, like I said, was talking to you today about it. That that entry point was when I was young, it, 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 and there is that name of Kundalini. But I think no matter what, it's spiritual energy is in us. No matter what religious, and we don't want the dogma around it. We just want to express. Yeah. So I think to find your full expression, to find your way, to find your own natural being and, and existence of how to fully flourish. Is, is really, really important. And that is an individual way and an, an individual expression that eventually becomes so abundant because you just become a full expression of yourself and let that be your journey. And you can see that with your journey. You can see that how you've transformed yourself through this expression of yoga. And I know you, mm. you really enjoy teaching pranayama. What's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the breath is so important. So powerful, yeah. Yeah, so what, well, share a little bit about why, why pranayama? What was I, it about it that you latched onto? I read. I don't want to say latched onto, but enjoy. The 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 force behind the breath. Um, I think with the Upanishads and the Upanishads, which is a book that I became very very uh, in love with. Yes. Um, is you know all the senses were discussing how important they are. Yeah. You know all their ego attachments, and then breath came along and said, "Well, I'm just going to leave." Where are we without this life yeah, force? And right. you can create heat with it. You can cool it. So. To be able to play with your own uh, life force is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, I mean, and there are so many pranayamas. Oh my God. Oh God. I mean, they're sort of, um, they're, they're, you know. And also you can do them with mudras. <laughs> totally. And, and, you know, and the, the subtle breath practices and, and that connection to your own self to be able to drop your diaphragm, really feel that expansion that happens because I think that's what happens is, is great expansion when you, when you settle that and you can settle your nervous system with that. What's the most profound thing you've learned or received from the yoga teachings? To be silent. <laughs> <laughs> to be still. And Rachel walked around uh, last few days with a, um, a stillness uh, Yeah, because I changed it. <laughs> yeah. A dog tag because yeah. I changed it to, from silence to stillness because do you know it, it's funny because it's been a journey the stillness silence but I think you know constantly listening to people's and your own yeah. more more than anything your own dialogue and even though I have been definitely deciding when to go into conversation even just watching what you're engaging and what kind of conversation you're in 
Um, and is it really, you know, go into an evolution of really putting yourself into a positive, like I love being in silence, but also I like talking to children because you know there's no ulterior motive there. Yeah. There's a purity there to speak to animals. In that moment of even today walking to the temple, you all of a sudden nature just starts like abundantly like coming out of nowhere. And that stillness becomes like, you know, I, I was thinking there's so many times when you sit there and you think you have to talk to that person, that person, you've got to make friends with that person because this and that. Do you know who your biggest alliance is? Is yourself. Yeah. And when you sit in that great field of expansion and silence and realize your own being is your greatest alliance and, and such an immature word to say really because we're not looking for alliances but our egos yeah, start looking yeah our egos start going oh we need to be friends we need to mm -hmm. make sure this person's okay oh my god is that no just sit there you know and then you can be, be fully yeah, present yeah. yeah for yourself and other people as well in yeah a uh, you know, what's, what's the, your favourite thing about being a teacher now? I love sitting there in a moment of even just teaching like a simple breath work and that, that our moment that happens. And look, if it doesn't happen at all, just even sharing that space or even just have, if someone has that moment um, and it changes anybody in some way that is helpful to their own being is what is what's most important it has nothing to do with me being a teacher or none of these really practices have have I mean clearly they they come from a lineage that is thousands and thousands and the knowledge is thousands and thousands of years old uh, and so it, I'm just a complete expression of that but if someone is able to learn from that then that's amazing the deeper aspect of yoga is the our insides yeah become beautiful yeah I think that's a really important point yeah to hone in on and by the way before when I added that about the the knowledge is more that there's there's no ego when teaching yeah you know it's not you that's coming up with this information it's no. it's, and that's a it's, thing. it's something else that's right. doing this stuff it's no. not it's not it's you like doing it that yeah pops in, so, and so interesting yeah and you walk away going great that that and you, so you you're not attached to the oh my god I changed that you know person or whatever it yeah. has nothing to do with you and, and right? there are so, teachers yeah. Who, who I'm sure we've all been in, in classes with. Yeah, so I have, I just don't, you're yeah. Like, oh. What I do respect is the ancient, like I'm, a, I'm big on, on looking at, um, I spent some time up in Badranath, up in, in, uh, in the what, Himalayas. Is that like a five hour drive from here? No, it's 15. 15 hours? Yeah, so okay. it's about 12, 13,000. Wow. Okay. And, and you know, you go into the Badranath temple and so I'm someone who loves to experience. I love to travel through India. I love going into the temples. I like spending time in there every single day watching the pujas, which is, you know, a ceremony that's done in the morning and the evenings to, to really um, appreciate the... Um, and pay respects with you know the the different elements to the gods and it's like coming you know dinner you bring you bring food you bring flowers yeah, you yeah, bring water yeah, yeah there's so it's it's uh, that part of it has been a, a part of my life for a long long yeah. long time before even India so when I came here and and saw that was part of that especially at Sattva again where you get the full aspect you do puja in the morning. I mean, there is, you know, there's all those um, access points that you are offered there, if you so choose, if you choose, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think that the the rituals are something that are, are, is very much a fe female 
Um, and here, obviously, the men do it. But I, I think it's a beautiful way to definitely settle my system, and it's something that I really loved um, when I first came here. When I first came, I didn't do the puja, which was interesting. But now, you're not just participating in puja, you're leading hovens. Well, I know, but I don't try and get <laughs> to it ego into that. No, but I love it because it's very, for me, it, it's witchy. I'm like, whoa, when you sit on the, in the you know, 4am and on the riverbed and it's cold and it's black and oh, there's no. a fire and we're throwing, you know, the sun green air, all yeah. the aspen things into the fire and we're chanting away. There's such an intense magic around that, right? It's yeah. really a beautiful thing. Yeah. And most Westerners don't get the opportunity no. to experience that, yeah. let alone lead them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, share your experience oh, I mean my it's love like... of fire because you know Agni being fire seeing that's the name of it here is in the Kali such... temple they let you yeah it's pretty pretty amazing but the, I, I, I think what I, I, I do have this digging under and really wanting to go into I don't want to go for the pretty stuff and I've always been like that I want to go and, and dig underneath and find what is going on I want to dig up you know, it's like when I came here after the passing of my mum, I want to go find out what's underneath there. I want to dig deep. So fire, I see, is this great transformation. And yeah. through doing the heavens, especially when we were graduating and feeling that the chanting, the swaha, you know, when you're constantly letting go and, yeah. and you're doing 108 rounds or yeah. how, however many rounds, you actually come away after three or four days and you actually feel clean mm. it's almost like you know a baby's yeah. bottle and you get the bottle brush yeah, and you've yeah. you've literally cleaned Scrubbed out completely yeah, yeah. And so it's this whole transformation when you look at fire and you study it and you see the the smoke and the nature of it sustaining it like taking care of it you know making sure your your feet like this is a process aspect yeah. to it too similarly to if you're at a bonfire or at yes. your home who we all sit around the campfire the right yeah. totally so when you do get the pundits that come in and do this i mean it's a very powerful vedic chance now for me to be able to do that i'm given a mantra to to do now when you see the pundits here actually do the hovens they're they're the Vedic chanting is incredibly hypnotic and, and beautiful to see. So if ever you're in India and you get to see, you know, a, a um, arti in the evenings, yes. go and you'll see it, especially in the north too. What do you absolutely love about yoga? I mean, this so oh sort of just like a red... Well, I mean, it goes back to Patanjali's first sutra, which is to yoke. <laughs> Isn't that what this magazine's yes. called? Yes. Yo, yes, that's to right. the unity, the unity, you know. And yes, we can go into the heaven, the rituals, and the goddesses, and and who I absolutely love learning about. But bottom line is, this is our temple. This is our inner teacher. We are our own teachers. We are our own own light, our own guru. It's about igniting that inner light. So to to do that, these processes, whether it's kriya, pranayama. Um, meditation, um, looking at your own ahimsa, your, you know, the non-violence, which has a yeah. lot to do with beauty. Be non-violent to yourself. Stop saying how bad you look. Stop saying how, don't be violent yeah. to yourself. That, that is my biggest, uh, just recently is what I spoke about. We're being violent into our own inner being. And I think when you look at you know, potentially first sutra, you could study one sutra for the rest of your life. 
But when you look at his first sutra and says, you know, the unity, stay with that for the rest of your life. Create unity in your own being. And then it only abundantly comes forward because when there's consistent connection and that takes, that changes, that fluctuates all every day because there's things that happen yeah. in life. So I think that one sutra I would say is my favorite is, is to consistently, you know, look Remind at, yourself. laugh at it too. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it, life is funny, ultimately. Yeah. It's hard, but it's, it's, it's funny. And that, I, that's a beautiful um, takeaway and a beautiful thing to put out there. Yeah. To remind people of that, to not, not hurt themselves. No. The, I know, We're violent. We're so violent to our own and, self. Well, and to each other. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're telling each other with our own self that we're not good enough or we don't look like that or we do this, like, then how we're, our own reaction is going to be yeah. outwardly violent. And, and that's, again, coming back to what Yoke means with union, it's really um, the union with self. Yeah. It's the union with self, our yeah. internal. This, this is the divine here. It's not a religion. It's not about God. No. It's not about, it's actually the relationship with yourself. Yeah, and then get on with your yeah. life and be joyful and happy. And I want to mention that... Um, <laughs> The practice that's being taught is a tantric-based lineage. Yeah. So, you know, we have many different lineages. And you can probably clear that tantra lineage of where we come from is more the active unity from within of, like, mm. embracing that unity of both that, that Shiva Shakti of internally, where there's different lineages. There's, aspects, there's the left of, hand and there's the right hand and there's different, yeah. So yeah. we have totally different aspects of tantra as well. Yeah. But this is this is, this is is not a no. drinking blood out of skulls kind of tantra experience. Yeah, or doing, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or doing other, yeah. yeah. Other, no, yeah. no, this is really about nature and connecting yeah. with ourselves as a, as a, the microcosm and the macrocosm, yeah. that we're one in the yeah. same. And that's what I love, it's yeah. incredible. It's a beautiful lineage and the Himalayan tantra lineage is, is beautiful and the Vedanta, um, the knowledge, you know, read the sutras, look at the Upanishads, they're, they're incredible text and overwhelming at first but just read one sutra and sit with that so do you have um final thoughts on yoga and beauty and grace and india ma india i mean i, I mean india i mean it's it's transformational i mean f for some people it might be here for some people it might be south america wherever you're you find that deep connection to what elevates you that when you hit the ground, you feel this, this somewhat of an expansion, you're home and you start growing. And I mean, for me, India has been that place, but I don't want people to feel limited because that may be some other, other expression of that. So, I mean, Peru is beautiful. You know, there's so many different ways to your entry point. So find that place and find that connection or just start with the elements, you know, that they're right here. They're right here, and we can see them. So there's no dogma attached to them. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was awesome. <laughs> thank you. Love I love chatting. you. Thank you, Tatiana. Oh, thank it was amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. To learn more about Rachel's yogic journey, purchase her book Tour of Beauty, and find out when she's leading retreats or teaching at events, you can visit rachelhunter.com. Thank you.